You know those thoughts that can loop through your mind, throwing you off of a positive mindset that can really hinder your growth in all areas of your life? Well, meditation can help you develop a positive mindset and so much more. And today in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, I'll be interviewing a mindfulness expert, an educator, who's going to be taking us down a journey of how meditation can elevate your mindset and help you develop a positive and, and, and productive one. But you know the drill. If you want to go through this journey with us, you're going to have to stick around to join in. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Bartini an attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style and dressing them for success. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally on camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Welcome, Virtual Nation. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode about of Waste Up Wardrobe. And we are working on a series of episodes called the Mindset Series because your mind is definitely uh, above the waist thought and idea and something you have to get aligned with your your brand and aligned uh, with your personal self to be able to project the way you want people to see you and how you are coming off on camera really translates um, in our virtual world and how you connect and build the rapport with people including and so your mindset is something that really contributes to that today we are well, we are taking the mindset series from different perspectives. Uh, on our first episode of this series, we really laid the foundation and we discussed the differences between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And I left you with a question um, of, of think about all the traits of um, a fixed mindset and those in comparison to that of a, of a growth mindset and see where you have work to do, see where you can grow more because a growth mindset definitely um, contributes to positivity in your life. It also helps you reach your potential and really build those dreams and the vision that you have for your life in all different arenas, whether it's business or personal or your personal life. So the mindset that you have and that you develop is really key to, to staying in line with everything that you are, your goal, the everything that's going to lead you to your goals. So this is why it really is a very robust topic. And that's why I want to approach it from so many different angles. So today in the Waste Step Wardrobe studio, I'm going to be interviewing a mindfulness expert and educator who really has done so much work, has uh, written book a book about how to really use mindfulness to elevate your life. 
And before I get started in introducing her and bragging a little bit about her, I want to say that remember that we are on iTunes. So subscribe to our iTunes channel. And we are also on YouTube. So you can you can subscribe to that as well if that's more convenient. And remember, you can reach me on Facebook or Instagram at Waste Up Wardrobe. So definitely connect with us because there's so much to having a really dynamic and on point virtual room. It's more than meets the eye and it makes such an impact in the way you come off on camera to your audience. So I'm going to brag a little bit about our expert today. Uh, Christy Curtis is an author mindfulness educator and meditation coach. She's a qualified mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher. She holds a certificate of training in mindfulness-based eating and is a certified yoga nidra teacher. She is a certified yoga instructor, teaches yoga mindfulness to high school students, educators, professional athletes, and working adults in workshops and trainings. Christy has been a public school educator since 2001 with an MA in education administration. With her guidance, she creates an opportunity to unlock personal doors to self-awareness, stress reduction, and healing through methods of mindfulness, self-care practices, and movement. Her book, Gratitude and Mindfulness Meditation Learning Journal for Social Emotional Development, is a tool to help students, teachers, and parents experience over 60 mindfulness gratitude lessons together. Oh my gosh, what a honor to have Christy Curtis here today. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on with you today. I am so thrilled that you're here. I'm so looking forward to this episode. I feel like it is such a, a basic foundational introduction, how to really create and develop that mindset that will get you to your goals and help you develop um, a positive outlook, um, especially sometimes when we are in crisis or in challenging times, such as when we are, you know, in, in the year 2020 dealing with a pandemic, but beyond that as well. Um, so the first thing I would love to have you do for the audience is really, you know, we hear about meditation all the time. And I know that your expertise goes well beyond meditation. I mean, you are, there. there's so many layers to what you offer um, your students and educators and um, your audience. But can you define in your, like, what meditation is and how, just a, a basic definition, because it's different from different perspectives. Sure, yeah, and with that, you're, you you hit the nail on the head with the the different interpretations, and that's and that's what meditation honestly allows. There's not one set fixed defining element about it, but it's a process, and ultimately, this process of just creating a more like heightened awareness of our own abilities to be present to the moments that we're in. There's a variety of methods on how to meditate. Like there's a how-to book for everything. But most importantly, it allows our attention and our perspective to move from this very narrowed funnel to a more broader perspective that allows us to observe more versus react beyond that reaction and that safe zone of protection that we're so accustomed to being, which is our 
built in, you know, human ancestral biology. Well, I, you know, I, I, I usually like to start out by defining the topic that we're working on, especially from the perspective of each expert that comes on. Of course, there are universal, universal thoughts and definitions to everything, but because meditation can seem nebulous to some people, because, but although now, you know, it is becoming more common practice for a lot, but it, it can seem nebulous and it almost can sometimes seem unattainable. Some people say, oh, I can't do that. I can't sit still. And I know that you're going to take us through some thoughts and ideas and tips of how to really start a practice, a meditative practice. But before we start there, and because we are talking about mindset, meditation is one of those key practices that can really help change and shift and develop a positive mindset. Would you agree with that? Or do you have an opinion on that? Absolutely. And I think that because, I mean, look, mind, the word mindset, you can break it into a compound word, you know, mind and it's, it's set and, and meditation truly involves not just the processes of the mind. It's a, it's a contemplative based practice that's been going on for thousands of years. And it's psychological, it's, it's sciences behind it as same thing with, with mindset. And so there's a direct linear connection with how one can influence the other. And I think it's, um, it's a, you know, if there is such thing as a happy marriage, this is definitely one that meditation can heavily influence. Um, in my own personal experience, mindset and, mindset and most importantly, help with making those pivots of shift that might feel a little bit uh, troublesome and arduous and very challenging to make when you don't feel that you have the tools to. Absolutely. I love how you broke down the word mindset. It makes it so clear about, it kind of defines what it's all about, right? You have your mindset to a certain ideas and they're either fixed there or they're reset as you develop it into more positive thoughts or that is so that was that was really good. I love that. I'll, right. I'll remember that for a long time. Super. Yeah. yeah. Breaking it down. And that's, <laughs> and that's what meditation helps us do. It helps us break down the layers and, you know, mindset, it's it's belief. It's our belief system and whatever that might be. And if I could just rewind real fast back to the defining what meditation is, some things might help capture for the audience of what it's not. It's, it's not religious by any means. And when I said contemplative, it's, that's, that's us think we ponder thoughts all the time. I mean, our brain, we're so lucky we get to, I mean, it's probably a double edge of how much we actually spend pondering and ruminating or planning and everything else. But we have this ability to, um, you know, it's, it's not a religious base. It, it enhances any type of spiritual faith or belief, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not relaxation, believe it or not. Some people, oh, I, I'm just going to go meditate. Well, most people struggle to get to this meditation point. And just one last thing with what it's not, it's, it's not, it's not a selfish act. It's not something that, oh, I'm taking time away from my life to go and do. And there is, and we'll go into obviously a little bit more, but just to kind of help for the audience break it down of like, you know, there are some things that it is that as you use the word nebulous and uncertain to concrete examples of what it definitely is, is not. I, I mean, I, I can tell you're an educator because you defined it and then also defined the contrast, which is so 
makes things so clear that is that that was really important because people do have those um, myths attached to what meditation is so that was that was really brilliant so you know we've spoken um, a little bit about your method and your process and you you know you're able to succinctly really lay it out for me and I would love the audience to get that from you and that every that your process is based on three key concepts awareness, attention, and attitude. And I'd really like to take each one separately and unpack each of those separately. But let's go ahead and get started with the first, the overall idea of the, the three A's. So I think of that as like the, the big parachute, the overarching. And we, AAA, when we think of AAA, most of us can pull out our wallet and have a AAA card or have it on a speed dial like I do. And AAA, you call AAA for what? Car trouble? Uh, when things are going awry in your vehicle, you get a flat tire, you need help. We all need help. So this is the AAA awareness, attention and attitude is more of an built in system of acronyms that I've aligned to help people remember each of these things to call upon your own triple A mechanism, your own self-help guide. You don't have to go anywhere for it. It's always available. It's free. You don't have to pay a membership for it. You just have to learn the tools and learning awareness individually, what that's about, how to hone in on specific aspects of attention, and then what kind of attitude that you're developing to um, you know, in our teachings, it's in mindfulness trainings, as are called like attitudinal seeds, like the soil of it, or call it your mindset. You know, how are you bringing all of this together? And that's kind of, and that's how, um, how I'd like to code it, is that overarching effect, yeah. your own self-help system. And you have each one of them with ever kind of tool belt whenever and however you need it. It's always there to help support you. Yeah, another hint that you are an educator because you have a mnemonic to remember all this by and for people to really access it easily in their mind, right? What did what was I supposed to do first, you know, and, and right. just to think about those the, that process and the steps. So let's take awareness separately. And sure. I really want to dig deep into awareness. And what does that mean or look like when you talk about the first key element of your of your process? Yeah, and awareness, it's it's. It's almost like meditation. It's kind of hard to define. And I was thinking about that today as we were getting ready for this. And one of the best ways I can describe it is that I'm getting ready. You know, it's just real life. Here we go. I got a shower, wash my hair, and I'm, you know, putting on mascara, which I don't often do now that we don't have to really go anywhere. And my mind is still like, I'm doing this process of putting mascara on and putting on my moisturizer and but my mind is somewhere else. Like I'm thinking about our conversation that we're going to have and, oh, if I say the wrong thing or, oh my gosh, my, I go to go get my tea, you know, and I'm, but I'm, my action is this, but I paused and I was aware of this ticker tape of my mind. That's awareness, even though, I don't know if that example makes sense, but it's just something that you, you are able to expand awareness that we all have. It's a built-in concept. It's a built-in innate part of our human biology, neurobiology. We, it's awareness of our thoughts, how we feel, our emotions, our body sensations. So awareness encompasses a great... Um, a great basket 
of, of just different elements that are part of our existing human condition. Mm-hmm. And we use how we access awareness are through our, you know, how, how are people right now able to, 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 to be vir- virtually with us? Well, they're seeing the screen with their eyes, perception, they're taking it in. They're listening to our voices. We have ears. This is how we become aware of things. You know, they're sitting on their couch or in their car or wherever they might be listening to this. Um, There might be some smells they experience in the room that they're in, or if they're getting ready for lunchtime, they might be waiting in line and, or smell something and all of a sudden now be hungry, you know, and then touch. So we use our senses as a very base layer to access this gateway of how I can be aware I love that you said that because that is how we 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 do access the awareness is through our senses and because that's a fir- how we interact in the world. And now that we are in the virtual world, well, you know, trying to connect with people, that communication and 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 use our senses can be a little bit more complicated. But I imagine being aware that it's more complicated and be mindful of it could really help us bridge that gap and the rapport and really um, connect with people. But I was going to ask you something about awareness. So when you say awareness, it's self-awareness you're just, you're, you're, you're referring to not awareness of how somebody's feeling or thinking or acting. Is that true? Or I just want to get a clearer understanding of when you, yeah, go ahead. It's all parts, Christine. It's, it's this, encompassing bubble of awareness and it's our relationship to it, our relationship to our thoughts, our relationship to being aware of what somebody else is like. If you're driving down the road and it's, it's a big part of our just consciousness. We're consciously aware of the thoughts that are going through our mind or the gripping of the steering wheel. It's who is, who is doing the seeing, who is doing the listening who is actually doing all that talking that's going up in there? Like the moment that there's that separation of, Oh, this is, I'm aware of this there. We have that ability to become aware of, of, of of our inner world, what we're experiencing in here, our feelings, and then what's sensing outside, maybe what somebody might be feeling for their, you know, aware of their own emotions, their body language, their moods, so it's this built-in human ability that we have to be present. So when you say, I'm going to go back to your example of you're you putting on your mascara and your mind was on, you know, the ta- our dialogue and what could happen and all that is, are you saying that that shouldn't be happening so that you should refocus on just what you're doing or what, is there something, does, is that not good for you to do not to be thinking about these things? Cause the first thought that came to my mind was, Oh, that's like monkey mind. I've heard that term used or, or, or are you saying just to be mindful of it? I, I I'm a little bit confused and I want to clarify to the audience what, like what that, how, what is the right thing to do? In other words, if there is such a thing. And that's where I'm it's, if there is such a thing, yeah, you know, yeah. truly. And there's, that's what, there's no, Thinking and monkey mind is what I also consider normal because we can't control our thoughts. Meditation is not here to stop thinking. That's what the brain's job. We need our brain to think and function as humans. That's what we get to do. However, the fact that I noticed when people have the skill to notice the ticker tape of not being present with what they're doing, that's mindful awareness. 
Like if I was really, truly paying attention in a way, I would be looking at each coat of mascara. I would be feeling the texture of the lotion. I'd be going slower. I would not as it be like OCD like and super, super meticulous, but I would be paying more attention, probably a little bit more thoughtful, but just noticing that does, does that help kind of decipher and distinguish the two? Yes, absolutely. The awareness piece is really noticing what's going on with you. Not that it's happening, uh, not that it's happening passively. It's almost like you're connected with it. It's not just happening and you're not noticing that there's all those things going on. Does that sound Uh, right? You're fully immersed. Okay. Yes. You're, You're watching, you're watching a scary movie and all the lights are out and it owns you. And it's just every part of you is so aware of every, the chills you have, the grip you have. And then all of a sudden someone turns on the lights and yeah. then the kids start screaming. And yeah. now your awareness scans, you're maybe not so attached and connected to the movie because now you're more aware of the other things going on. So we have this ability. I mean, awareness is just, it's a floating concept that we, we can, And that's where attention comes in, because now we then get to shift on how we can now focus our attention directly. So so the awareness piece is is really important to get started, would you say? Absolutely. And I believe that with the method of meditation that I'm specifically trained with and and practice and lands so well with me is is called mindfulness meditation. It starts with mindfulness of the body. You you are our bodies are always here. These bodies are not going anywhere until it's our expiration date. Our minds are all over the map. And now how can we bridge these two together? And it's present moment awareness. We're purposefully paying attention to the moments that we're in without judgment, with curiosity. And ultimately, no matter what form and pathway of meditation people choose to practice, my my teacher of John Kabat-Zinn, who's mindfulness-based stress reduction, he kind of created the the whole entire mindfulness-based movement over, um, you know, now it's been studied almost 50 years, but he codes meditation is it doesn't matter what, what, what pathways you go to travel through meditation. It's they all enter the same door. It's a door of your heart. And that's all that this comes down to is how can I live less up here? The cerebral, always analyzing, always overthinking, be in my body, listen to the fact of what a true heart palpitation might actually represent. Is it an emotion? Is it something I need to go checked out by the doctor? Or is it just a moment I just get to pause and be still and really get to listen to what that instinctual response that's always there when we don't automatically go to this the habit, the loop, of what we think we need to be doing or just keep going and going. The awareness is so important. It's kind of the beginning for so many things. And so I, I love that we're spending that much time really dissecting it. But the next key element is attention. So let's move on to that piece. And if you can just explain that a little bit to the audience. Yeah. And so with attention, just think of it of another word is, is where's your focus? You know, what are you focusing on in school as an educator? You know, we don't, we tell students all the time, can you pay attention, pay attention. I mean, have have you ever been told Christine to be, to pay attention or have people say, pay attention to me. Right. But we're not, we're not necessarily trained how to pay attention. I mean, think about it all the years in school. It's that, that, that kids stay. And even us as adults, our attention 
we're asked of, it's asked of us all the time, but it's not really ever taught to us. Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you add? How do you go ride a bike? Well, there's a process. How do I pay attention to things when my mind is literally all over the place? And so I like to help people understand attention as it is a direct focus. There can be, as we kind of talked about a little bit earlier with awareness, there's a fixed awareness or a fixed focus. You can, if you've ever been immersed, I mean, us working adults, immersed in a task and you're just, you're so dead set focused and everything else around you just seems to disappear. That's, that's attention. You're directing your attention in one specific place. And then there is the offset of that where you can also, as I gave the example of kind of like you're watching a movie and then that field of awareness opens you, your attention can divert elsewhere. You can then hone your attention in on another aspect of your awareness. So I'm going in the dark and I have a, and I have a, or you're up on stage and all of a sudden that spotlight is showing right directly down on you. That is a, that's a direct line of focus. The attention is there. You, you're honing in on a specific element. And that focus can expand or contract. Focus, Google Earth, you see the broad picture that meditation allows us to see sometimes. Or we can focus our attention on something small, which we'll eventually, we'll talk when we get into the mindset. Sometimes our attention is so straw, pinpoint thin that we, that we miss out on the bigger picture. We miss out on the things that actually bring us the most joy. Because our attention is so, is drawn to distract and distraction is, is up on how, you know, the, 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 the social media, the IG, yeah. the chats, the texting, where we lose ourselves. I think it's, it definitely is a practice to be able to almost, and correct me if I'm misspeaking here, because I don't want, I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that we're, we're giving good information. I'm giving good information here, but it almost is like you have to be able to focus on something that requires your attention, but also be able to expand your focus. It's almost like a lens. You have to like be able to go in and out. So there are times that require you to be so laser focused on something. Like if you were a surgeon, really focusing on what you're doing and also there are times where you're required to be thinking about more than one thing, such as if you're an athlete and you're, you know, and you have to have your mind in different places. So really it's about, it's not about always having that laser focused attention. It's about being able to move in and out of that with con some kind of control. Does that make sense? Or mm -hmm. is it? Yeah. No, and that's just hearing it. I mean, this is you being able to process after yeah. hearing it. And that's, and that's true. What, what learning is we, we, we hear something and we're able to kind of digest it and make it our own. And I, in your examples you just provided were great because it's, you know, it's, it's like you have the telescope, you know, you're able to kind of see it up close and um, with, with attention, you know, and practicing because meditation is a practice you get to practice different types of your where your attention is going. And that's where the science is so beautiful behind the studies of mindfulness and meditation specifically is because they have brain studies that show, you know, what happens when you have a very, very fixed focus. You know, what parts of the brain are really lighting up? Is it more memory? Is it more deliberate thinking or in, in, not deliberate thinking, but is it more of your control centers in, in terms of your mental flexibility? And then they also have, um, so that's our focused attention. Then we have our expanded, which is our open awareness. And then there also is another study that goes, tons of studies for um, love and kindness, you know, accessing different parts of your brain that actually help you empathize and help you be kinder.
and help you kind of go to those soft spots that you might not think actually exist inside of you. But when you can have a, an ability to pay attention in a certain way, that's a certain way as with some, there's lots of other benefits that can come from that. That's, that is amazing. I love that we're breaking this down really in small digestible pieces. And finally, the, the last part, the last A, attitude. Let's talk about that one. Sure. And I think attitude is briefly mentioned earlier. Attitude is, again, our relationship to how we're showing up to our lives. Attitude is all about, it is your mindset. And with meditation specifically, it is, it's, it's a gift that we, we get to give to ourselves. If I approach a situation in my mind that already is going to set myself up for failure, then what's most likely going to be my outcome? You know, through meditating, when you have your attitude, it's, it's designed to be non-judgmental. You know, we, have you ever felt judged before? I know I have. And then on the flip, have I ever judged something or someone? Absolutely. We're human. So it's just deconditioning ourselves to notice those attitudes and those set beliefs. So if I can approach this process that some people find so daunting, oh, I can't do it. I don't have the time. We can make excuses right and left. I'm number one at that. Don't get me wrong. But the moment that we can hone in a little bit more on a scale of what is it that I need? You know, is it less judgment? Is it to have this beginner's mind allowing myself the process of beginning again? More gratitude, patience, um, developing this place of, of true, you know, generosity and compassion. So there's ways that you can approach this shift, pivot, if you will, a conscious pivot by developing, you know, a better, showed you say a, a better attitude. I mean, those of us that deal with children, you know, man, I would just wish you'd shape up your attitude, you know, get a better attitude on, you know? And I remember being told that as a kid all the time, because my attitude sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> You know, I was a terrible teen. My mom and dad, and thank goodness I grew out of it, you know, but there was anger and frustration and all this stuff that we experienced. And it was a crappy attitude. I didn't know how to outgrow it. And I think a lot of us, even as adults, look at there's situations now and going to be in our future that keep us, our attitudes, keeping us held captive and stuck. Absolutely. And I, I, I really, um, again, just this, the, the breaking it down to these three phases or three keys is really great. So when we, with the process of AAA, you're trying to really, you know, not loop in those thoughts. And, and that's precisely what that mindset work is. So let's get into that a little bit. What is, you know, what, how, how does it practically work? The triple A, how does it practically work when you're really trying to develop your mindset in a positive way? Sure. Yeah. And so to use the method of awareness and attention and attitude, it's, it comes down to, well, do we, can we use one minute to actually have the experience of it, Christine? Would that be okay for our Yeah, I would love that. Let's do it. Yeah. Because truly we can talk till our faces are blue, but it's an experience. And for those of us watching at home, you're not alone. We're in this together and it might feel, and that's the thing people are like, Oh gosh, who's watching me? My eye is closed. Oh, I'm going to get nervous. You know, and that's, we're human. And that's just, are you aware of that? That's awareness right there. 
you know, so I'm just going to invite everybody to take a seat wherever they are. You can do this standing if you want to get cozy and comfortable for just a short, you know, again, this is not going to go for long whatsoever, but just establish yourself in a posture as if you would, are getting greeted by someone that you truly care about and just to embody that for yourself because it's just you. And if you're feel, if you could feel comfortable, close your eyes, I'm going to close my eyes just to kind of let that awareness um, go a little bit more inward even though we know there might be some things going on around us. And just take it to take a few deep breaths. Doesn't have to be a specific way. Doesn't have to look like anything or feel like anything. But just gently becoming aware of your the fact that you're breathing. You don't have to control it. It's just automatically happening, the lungs inflating. Noticing here, becoming aware if there's any tension as you breathe, maybe around the shoulders, around the jaw, perhaps even the, the eyes, maybe holding steady just to get still. And see if you can bring your attention just to the very, very tip of your nose. If your eyes are closed, you can leave them closed. Or if they're open, just keep a soft gaze, but... What do you notice here? Can you perhaps feel the temperature of the air, the nostrils? We're noticing the inhale and the exhale. And just not judging it, just becoming a bit more aware of this in-breath. This attitude of just care, of nourishment, like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I'm getting oxygen freely. Probably a lot of other people in the world right now that, that may not be having this opportunity. There might be tubes or other things giving them this fresh air. But just breathing here. And it's one thing you can be grateful for in this moment as you breathe. Just you and your body and your breath settling. And together, let's just take another slow breath in. And feeling that breath as you let it go. Whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and open up your eyes and just lift your gaze. And just check in. Just checking in. Yeah. That is... That's it. Yeah, that is interesting. I I have attempted meditation before. Um, I don't have a regular practice, but it is interesting when you come out of that, that process, whatever process you're using, it almost feels like you're lightweight or something. There's something different about when you come out of it. We're awake. Yeah. Well, that was, that was really great. So on mindset itself. So as you're, when you were doing that breathing exercise and Mm -hmm. kind of doing that moment of um, meditative um, practice, are you, are are people, are you thinking of anything or are you just like focusing on one thing? Like you said, to focus on the tip of your, your nose. And if you do end up thinking of something else that you're not supposed to be, how do you come back? How do you bring yourself back? That's it. You want, you notice you're aware that your thoughts went elsewhere. So you have a focus point. And for some, the breath is sometimes very accessible. But for some of us who have like high anxiety and struggle with that, the breath is, is very confronting. We're all chest breathers. We're all up here, but we can direct our awareness either to our belly. A lot of times with my students, I'll have them use a stone or something to hold on to. They're tactile. And so focusing your attention on something, but most importantly, the other is just your body sensation. 
Mm-hmm. And so feeling yourself, okay, wh- how, what do you notice about your feet? What are your feet touching? Being in your body. What does it feel like? Does the clothes feel like uh, touching against your skin? So helping people shift in that, once you get caught in that loop of my mind is somewhere else, that's where the science of the brain comes in because that's now neuroplasticity. We get to change our brain. We can now catch it. My mind went elsewhere. Oh, I'm going to bring it back. Okay, just come back. We have to control anything. It's the awareness to be able to notice, oh, my mind shifted. I'm going to pause. I'm going to divert it. It's like a detour in the road. Oh, I got to go a different direction. Oh, I'm just going to bring it back. But my, I'm, my course is staying the same. I want to get to the same destination of sitting, of breathing, of being present. Yeah, I'm going to ask a, an obvious, might be an obvious question, but uh, or the, the answer might be obvious to many, but not to me. And I'm just curious, why is it important to take that moment or if it's 30 seconds or the 10 minutes a day or whatever you're going to dedicate to that? Why is it? so important for us to be practicing bringing our mind, you know, I don't want to say the word controlling because it doesn't have a positive connotation, but really um, training ourselves to bring our mind back to a single focus. Why is it important? Think about our world and just even in your personal world and for our audience who are watching, you know, thinking about your life is in terms of is what you're doing right now helping you in any way, shape or form support the life that you're trying to live, mm-hmm. you know, and with, with that ability to bring ourselves back and, and be present, that helps us just re-engage the things that we're missing. I think that we get so caught up in being fulfilled by things that are outside of ourselves when in the end, everything we have and we get to know is already inside of us. And it might sound a little just woo woo or out there, but Sometimes we get so caught up on the external, how things look on the outside, you know, not just from our appearance, but from the type of homes we have, the cars we drive. But in the end, are you fulfilled? Are you happy? Are you content? Is there a, and, and mind and meditation and mindfulness helps us see things as they are and relate to them in a different way where we don't have to keep escaping and being pulled in a thousand different directions Because the moment that we can develop a skill for ourselves to be present, there's not only going to be more just in terms of emotions and feelings, but your health conditions improve. Insomnia starts to diminish. Psoriasis decreases. Heart rate, the heart heart disease lowers. Your food cravings diminish. Stress levels lower. Swollen joints and inflammation start to lessen. So the more that we can pay attention and divert it to a way that, and what am I doing right now supporting the life that I want to live? The moment that we can pause and take action of like, is really spending two hours on social media, just scrolling through stuff that I really don't even care about really helping me live the life I want to live right now? No, then what can be? And if I'm not sure of that, what can help me get clear? And so meditation is just one of those, again, a pathways to help us find some clarity and in addition to whatever other kind of support we might want to be of having of you know self help books or you know seeing going to a therapist or getting outside and being in nature, you know have gaining the support of others like in this wonderful community that you've built have a support system. So it's just another avenue to help us enhance sometimes the patterns that are very very deconstructive. That's what pause point and pivots about. 
you get to notice it. And and the reason I asked that question is because I started the top of the show saying that meditation can seem ne- nebulous to many, although it is a growing practice right now. But the idea that your mind impacts your body, that psychosomatic connection, w- really clarified that because there are benefits physically that you would see that are impacted by having a meditative practice or taking that 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 10 minutes a day to really focus in on the inside and, 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 and have a practice. So the, it brings me to mindset, which is, you know, why we're even, we're, we're mindset in terms of business mindset, personal mindset for growth and development. How can we improve a positive mindset or develop a positive mindset? Say somebody is really fixated on something negative and they really need to change or shift that. How does that, how does meditating help with that? Or how, do you have any, um, do you have any thoughts on that topic or that, that issue? Sure. Yeah. I think that it's, it's very easy to get stuck in a negative mindset, especially for many of us, as we go about our, our daily lives, when things feel very monotonous and there might be no end in sight, or there's a strain and financial burden, it's noting, making kind of leaning into it, noticing, okay, I'm this feeling this way sucks, and, and, but we have to feel it. You got to feel the heal. So if I'm going to be negative, Nancy running around, I'm probably going to lose a lot of friends. I'm probably not going to really like myself either. Um, but again, it's, it's a choice to, for me to take, to have the awareness and ability to look at how I'm feeling. And, and with that, the negativity, it's, I, I, I like to just call it kind of like that flip switch. Mm-hmm. What's the opposite? What do I want to feel? I'd rather feel happier and productive and abundant and like myself again. So what steps can I do? And one of the best gateways that I could recommend for anybody is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitude. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And again, the science and the studies and research that go to back it is it's phenomenal that the moment um, there was a recent study done at Davis um, with college students just thinking about something that made them grateful. It was time of midterms and finals and exams and just thinking about something that, that they were grateful for. Lower their stress, their stress response, 33%. Just thinking about, thinking about it, not actually doing it. And one of the fixed mindsets that I've struggled with a lot is sometimes I, I put it in my head that I can't do something. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I have to really push through that thought and it, it sometimes seems like an uphill battle, but are there, is there a way to, to, to meditate on that that would help? Yeah. Who's, again, you said, you're saying the, I, like, I, I can't do it. Who's really, really, you know, you just, we just meditation allows us to look a little bit deeper. Like yeah. I'm saying, I can't do this. I'm holding myself captive. This is holding my, it's a feeling. It's a thought. It doesn't, do I feel like that 24 seven? No. So it's that, that awareness, that developing of who really you're saying that is somebody else saying that, or someone really, like how you, are you at gunpoint and that's being held to you? No, it's just a thought. Can you detach from the fact that I can't do this? And oftentimes it's fear. We're afraid. It's hard to start something new. It's hard to take a detour. It's hard to leave situations that, you might think are good for you in the end. They're really not. It's hard not to eat the next cookie, you know, 
Jeez, oh, that extra bite of cake. I tell you, that's, you know, emotional eating one-on-one, one-on-one. Yeah. But it's just like, okay, this is where I'm at right now, but maybe I, what if I try? So people who think that you have to dedicate, you know, 20 minutes a day to, to meditation, let's, let's give, let's give the audience some tips on how, where can they start? If, 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 you know, and, and is a, a smaller amount of time as be- beneficial at all for them? I truly believe that um, Jim, Jim Quick, he's an um, author and does a podcast as well as lots of stuff on mindset as well. But um, listen to his stuff. And this is from him. It says inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's way too hard. And so I am a firm believer in increments, small bite-sized doses. I mean, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time and to help people start their own meditation practices, start where you are. And I remember when I was first learning to meditate and learning the skills of just awareness and attitude and attention, it was actually on a task that I didn't necessarily enjoy doing. And I shared this with you previously was I was at Costco getting gas for some reason, getting gas and waiting in line was just a headache for me. And I had thousands of other things to do. And, but that was kind of like my gas mindful, like what kind of fuel am I giving myself? if you will, looking at it. And so I pull up to the gas pump and get out of my car. And that starts how I started. That was kind of like my mindful moment of I'm aware of the smells. You know, some people love gasoline. Some people hate, hate it, but I'm aware of, I'm aware of it. I'm inserting, you know, listening to the sounds of what's going on around me, the conversations with other people. I close my eyes and I would just kind of feel some, sometimes the breeze or the sunshine, like and I'm just getting gas. I'm not at a monastery. I'm not on a retreat. I'm, I'm not listening to an app. I'm just doing my everyday life. Yeah. And that is just one. And we'll get to, you know, some action items for people to do, but that's just how a gateway starts small. And the research goes to show that after, you know, continuous long, eight weeks, continuous, um, it's kind of when that, that's a sticky point. That's when it generally sticks. But if we, you know, what's, what's realistic for you? Is it setting your microwave timer for 30 seconds and just noticing the fact that you're breathing for that day, that morning you wake up before you turn on your phone? Yeah. Can, why can't that be enough for you right now? That's really good advice. I think that, like you said, inch by inch, it's a cinch. And so starting small and little bite size, bite sizes can really get you on track to if, if you wanted to have a, a meditative practice to, to really, you know, get started with, with it not feeling so daunting or, or like a lot of work. And I love that you said that your one of your first experiences was being at a gas station. You're not even sitting alone in a room or anything like that, but you're just, and that's part of the, the amazing thing about meditation. You could be in a, in a space where there's a lot going on around you, but you're focusing right on your, on your, on in here. So I think that's um, uh, really good advice. And we always wrap up our episodes, Christy, with Waste Up Wardrobe Weekly Wrap Up. And what that is, is each guest gives us that takeaway, that main takeaway for the audience. If they take nothing else away today, what should they remember? And I'm just going to go back and, you know, just truly capitalize on on that AAA mechanism. But you're, more than the A's, I'm just going to keep adding to the abundance of it. But we're able. Everyone is able in their own way to have access and, and then again, take action on, on that AAA method of awareness. Of just, it's the process. If there's something that we don't like, generally want to fix it. We don't like to be uncomfortable, 
but I, I believe I'm a firm believer in an ability. We're all more able than we are disabled. Absolutely. That is definitely my motto too. It's like you, you, we can do it. It's something that, you know, that you have to work on to believe so that you can achieve it. How about a couple of tips to, for people to get started on a, on a meditative practice that can really help elevate that mindset? Yeah. And I think that's very, that's really, really helps for people to have it stick. Like it's actually a sticky note that actually, you know, it's like a push pin instead of just a sticky note that keeps falling, but start a routine, routine base. I mean, we are, we are creatures of habit and creating a self-implemented routine that is going to help support you in any way, shape or form that it looks like if you want, if there is for some people right now, Christine, there's not a quiet place in their house. It, it, Honestly, for some, it might be in their car the moment they pull into their garage. I do much of my meditating sitting in my car in my garage in the warm seat and not really wanting to go anywhere. Yeah, and sometimes. Yeah, go. Yeah, sometimes it's a closet and sometimes it's you totally. know the, oh my gosh. Yeah. the wardrobe. Of yeah. course, like that's where I go do my audio recordings. I go and I sit in my closet. I have my little place, and that's. But do that. Like if you create a routine that place, but show up to it. Like if for people who really want to make a, a special place in their home, create that space. If you were getting ready to greet a friend, mm-hmm. like, what do you want that to look like? Have it be comfortable, maybe a flower or, you know, just create it. So it's welcoming. It's a place of refuge. It's a sanctuary in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So discipline. Yeah. So having it. So to get your question, the, the tip is create a, create a routine and, you know, we're making it work for yourself. So yes, exactly. And, and then tools. I know you've written a book um, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear about that and any other tools that you can recommend. So the tools, um, I'm a co-author of a book. It's called Gratitude and Mindfulness Learning Journal. It's a, it's a workbook, actually, for social emotional development, which is a huge key token in education. But um, on my website, ChrissyCurtisYoga.com, I've offered a free audio download and a work, uh, workbook sample of um, some pages for you to download for free, just to kind of take a glimpse to kind of help hone in on the initial points of the practice. The workbook itself has over um, 60 different practices that are done, designed for, you know, teacher and student or parent and child to do together. That's, it's experiential. You know, we talk quite a bit, Christine, about, you know, the, the concepts, but it wasn't until we felt them, you know, putting them all together to feel them together is, is where those practices come in. So that's just one, one tool um, or takeaway for, for people to, to have. And otherwise, there's wonderful apps out there from Calm, Insight Timer, Headspace. There's some wonderful, wonderful meditation teachers. And, and I'll be definitely hold, holding a workshop on meditation here in February. And I'll awesome. have more information on my website for that. Awesome. So let's put uh, Rick is, you know, in, in the production room and he's going to put your website on in the comment box and also uh, the, the generous gift you're giving everybody, which is downloadable. Am I, am I right? Are you Correct. giving that to the audience? Okay. So yeah, there's uh, an audio and then there's also uh, yeah, a workbook page. So uh, to the audience members, if you insert and anybody listening to this on replay, if you, uh, until the end of the day today, if you insert hashtag meditate and shine, you will get access to this downloadable that Christie's offering. And it's such a great start for that for anybody really to check out. And also your book. I would love to put that in the chat box that so that people can actually check it out. A link to your book because it sounds like it is a it call, it's just a, 
a collection of really great things to get started if you don't know where to start. Would, is, that, is that how you see it or is that what there, it's like? There are many, many practices and a lot of them involve, you know, there's, there's writing, there's reflection. It's the ability to just help yourself. Again, we broke it down to awareness, attention and attitude and cultivating these opportunities as, as real tools to help yeah. whenever you might need them. And finally, an action item or a couple action items that you think people, Christy, can put right into action. They don't have to do a lot of work to get there. I would suggest that whatever, I'm just going to use the concept of what, of what you're building here, the wardrobe. When people are putting on that color to make sure that they're present in that screen, when you're putting that blouse on, like be there with it, feel the texture of the clothing. Like notice how it, it, that, that sense it smell, touch it, the fabric, be there with it, whatever you're putting, you know, from the lipstick or the, or whatever it is that we're doing, whatever one thing, you know, you do every single day, just one thing, what can you be with fully immerse yourself with it, using your senses, using the awareness that I'm giving this my full attention. It might be petting your dog. You know, it could be holding the hand of your child, but be there fully. And the moment you notice you 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 vacated, okay, I'm I'm gonna come back. But do start with something you love to do every day that you do it. Right. And, and, you know, multitasking has been become our enemy because, you know, we think we can do all these things at the same time, but we truly, it's hard to really, you know, stay focused on every task that you're doing at the same time. So it, it is really important to stay focused on what you're doing. And, and that is what being present is. So this was an amazing conversation. It really feels like a, a Kickstarter to a great way to start a meditation practice. And your whole method of AAA, you know, the, the awareness, attitude, and attention can, or rather, uh, it's awareness, uh, um, awareness, attention, attention and, and then, then attitude. Just think the mindset. The mindset's yes. the capsule at the end. You know, that's yeah. like that's the that's the that's the cornerstone. That's what you get. Yes. So that just keeping that in mind can be a great focus for starting your practice. So thank you for breaking it down for us. Thank you for sharing your process, your method, and all the wisdom that you have. Thank you for taking us through a journey, a meditative journey, because that's you know, people sometimes say, well, I don't know how to do it and I can't do it. So being practical, that was, that was brilliant. Thank you for uh, doing that with us. And I really am so grateful that you are here today. Those who are interested in the downloadable, please enter hashtag meditate and shine. We will leave the opportunity open until the end of the show. If that's okay with you, Christy, we'll look forward to seeing the whole Waste Up Wardrobe audience next week here in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio, where we are going to be continuing our mindset series and we're just going to take a different perspective on it and we will be welcoming everybody here so remember you can subscribe to us on itunes you can uh, find us on youtube you can also find me on facebook and at jadeforallseasons.com if you wanted to reach me for any questions regarding your virtual office or your wardrobe join us next week same time same place and invite a friend because we'll be talking more about mindset. 